Our Father, who is in heaven, may your name be holy. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us the bread we need for today. Forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Protect us from temptation and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom and the power and the glory belong to you. Forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, church family. Here we are. It's, it's Mother's Day and we're trying our best to stay socially connected to one another when we're physically distant from so many of the people in our lives. And I don't know where you're coming from this morning. You may actually be sitting right next to your mom on the couch, or she might be a thousand miles away. You might be looking forward to a phone call that you're planning on making later today to your mom or someone who's been like a mother in your life. You, you may be holding on to warm memories of, of someone in your life you've loved and lost. You may be wrestling with, with a dull ache in your heart because you've always wanted to be a mother and it just hasn't happened. These kinds of days, they're special, they're, they're sentimental, they're powerful, but they're also complicated. They have the ability to, to painfully pull our hearts in all kinds of different directions. And, and that's why I'm so thankful that in addition to today being Mother's Day, it's also Sunday, which means that in addition to thinking about how we can reach out and connect with the, the women in our lives who mean the world to us. We're also thinking about how we can reach out and connect to our Father who is in heaven. On a day like today, it doesn't matter what kinds of memories or feelings or difficulties we might bring with us. We can be confident of the fact that no matter where we come from or what we've been through, we, all of us, we have an unconditionally loving and absolutely present divine parent who is always there for us. For the past few weeks, we've been focusing on the Lord's Prayer, a simple, straightforward model prayer that Jesus gives us because he loves us and he wants to teach us how to open up our hearts and fully share our hearts with God and learn how to share God's heart in return. Last Sunday, we, we focused on the second request that Jesus makes in that prayer and teaches us to make the same request. May your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And in many ways, we're going to find that the rest of Jesus's prayer, it helps us unpack, it helps us better understand what life in the kingdom of God is really all about. Phrase after phrase, Jesus is going to be asking God to do things that he's convinced only God can do. And each one of these requests that Jesus teaches us to pray along with him, they're asking for God to, to give us visible, tangible signs that the kingdom really is coming. It really is showing up. It's breaking in. The first one of these signs of the coming kingdom is captured in Jesus teaching us to ask God to give us the bread we need for today. Now you may think, well, you know, how is that about the coming kingdom of God? Well, the kingdom of God is the place where everyone has enough to make it through the day. In our kitchen at home, we've got this painted sign that we've hung above the pantry door. And it says, give us this day our daily bread. 
And I got to admit, it, it's been hanging up there for years, and so it's mostly invisible to me. But every once in a while, when I get up off the couch, I'm hungry, I want to grab something to eat, I'll be headed toward that, that pantry door, and, and I'll see this poetic version of Jesus' words in this prayer. And as I'm opening the door and I reach in, and it's, I got to admit, it's normally for chips or cookies or some other highly processed food I know I shouldn't be eating, I'll think... It, is God, the God of all creation, the God who spoke the universe into being, is, is he really concerned about helping me stock my pantry with Doritos and Pop-Tarts? And in a manner of, of speaking, the answer to that question is yes. Now, no, God obviously doesn't care about whether or not I have easy access to sugary snacks and junk food that I don't need. But on the other hand, yes, the God of all creation, the God who spoke the universe into being, he absolutely cares. He's absolutely concerned with making sure that my family has enough food to eat each and every day. And this providential care, this concern for our daily basic necessities, it's nothing new. When you go back to scripture and you go back to almost the very beginning in Exodus chapter 16, we find that, that God has intervened. He has stepped into the story. He has rescued his people. He's delivered them from the bondage of slavery in Egypt. And he's led them out into freedom. And as they look around, that freedom, it, it's taken them to the middle of nowhere. They're, they're, they're standing out in a wilderness. They don't see a grocery store or a restaurant anywhere. And as you might imagine, that starts to make them nervous. It makes them anxious. They get really fearful really quickly. They turn to Moses. They turn to God and they say, look, you took us out here in the middle of nowhere, in the wilderness. We're on this journey and we don't have anything to eat. We don't have anything to give us strength for the journey. What are we supposed to do? And this is how God responds to that fear. We're going to read together in Exodus chapter 16, starting in verse 13. In the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, What is it? For they didn't know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer, which for us is about three pounds, for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some gathered little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much didn't have too much, and the one who gathered little didn't have too little. Everyone had just as much as they needed. One of the really interesting details that takes place a little bit later on in this same chapter is that if anybody gets strategic, if anybody tries to hold on to that bread for the future, they find out that it spoils overnight. Now, there was an exception for the Sabbath, but that was it. This bread from heaven was something the Israelites had to trust in God to keep providing every single day. It wasn't a weekly supply of bread, and it, it certainly wasn't some kind of bread storage solution. It was daily bread. This was how God wanted to take care of his people. And because they had to go out and gather that bread every single morning, they were reminded every single morning that it was God who was taking care of them. It was God who was providing for them. They were reminded every 24 hours, 
just how much they were depending upon God to get them through the next 24 hours. There was absolutely no way in this arrangement that they might slip into thinking that they were the ones providing for themselves. There was no way they could gradually save up enough bread to eventually stop relying on God. But you and I, we do have that ability. And, and that, that ability to, to store up and save up, whether we're, we're talking about our, our kitchen pantries or our bank accounts, it can be a really important act of personal responsibility, but it can also cause us to gradually forget just how much we depend on God, our Heavenly Father, to get through every single day. We, we can gradually lose touch with just how vulnerable we are without God's help day by day, even moment by moment. We can and we should partner with God in taking care of ourselves, but we cannot take care of ourselves apart from God's providential care. We aren't powerful enough to take care of ourselves on our own. I know we want to believe that we are, but, but we just aren't. And furthermore, if we're really honest with ourselves, we, we know that we don't deserve all the good that we have in our lives on our own merit. The Bible tells us clearly that every good thing we have in our lives it's from above, just, just like that bread from heaven in Exodus 16. It's from above. It's not from us. It's all a gift. It's, it's all grace. Grace for today and tomorrow and the next day. I, I think one of the hard-to-accept hidden blessings, at least for me, and what we're going through right now, is that this pandemic has stripped me of any illusion I might have had that I can prepare for the future on my own. I have been painfully reminded every single day that the only way I'm really going to make it through the next 24 hours is if God gives me what I need to keep going. I, in my prayer life, I, I used to always be praying about the next year, the next five years, the next 10 years. And now I find in my prayer life that I'm focused on this day. I'm focused on this present moment. And it has not been an easy lesson to learn. It has not been an easy thing to be reminded of, but it has helped me recapture my sense of need, my sense of depending on God to get me through. And as I've been working through the uncomfortable truth that I am obviously not in control, I have developed a growing sense of gratitude for the one who is. His mercies really are new every morning. And great is his faithfulness, even now, especially now. We are not self-reliant, brothers and sisters. We are God-reliant, plain and simple. And as, as challenging, as difficult as that news may be for us to accept, it is truly good news indeed, for it means that ultimately the future doesn't depend on us. It depends on him. And as we've noticed throughout the study of, of Jesus's prayer, when I'm having this conversation with God about the kingdom coming and breaking in, I'm never just talking about my life, my needs. I'm never just talking about me. I'm also just as much talking about us and the life we share together. So when I pray, Give us the bread we need for today. I'm not just asking for God to make sure that I have enough. I'm asking God to bless all of us enough. 
And just as we can partner with God in taking care of ourselves, we also need to partner with God in taking care of everyone else too. Jesus' brother James talks about this this reality of of what faith really looks like in real life. In James chapter 2, starting in verse 15, when he says, Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Brothers and sisters, we want our faith to be alive, don't we? We want our trust in God and our trust in God's providential care to be visible. We want it to be undeniable to anyone who's watching our everyday way of life. And so when we, when we pray, God, give us the bread we need for today. But when we pray for God to give everyone the bread they need for today, we don't want to just say those words, but we want to actively find ways to join God in answering that prayer. We want to join God in turning that from a request into a reality. In other words, we want to learn how to not just pray with our words, but how to pray with our hands and our feet. This is precisely why over the past two months, we have been consistently calling one another to do whatever we can, safely and responsibly, to do whatever we can to help anyone in need. It's why we've been inviting everybody in this church family to call people, to check on them, to make sure they have the basic necessities, the daily bread they need to keep going. It's why we've recently been inviting one another to to create grocery boxes for the neighbors who live within a one-mile radius of our church building, who we know many of them are fighting against hunger. It's why we've been talking about Big Country Home and Safe, the, the program that helps us. You go to the website, you find out your own neighbors on your own street that might need basic help to get what they need. All of these are practical, direct ways for us to to pray through our actions in addition to praying with our words. You know, nearly every time bread is mentioned in Scripture, it's being broken. It's being broken into smaller pieces so that it can be shared. And that simple act of breaking bread together, which we're actually about to do as we celebrate communion in just a few moments, that act reminds us that every single thing God gives us, he hopes that we'll share it. So so may we together learn how to live lives that are defined by trusting and sharing and serving. May we find a way to truly do the kinds of things with God that we're asking God to do. Let's sing together now.